when you're doing automation testing, if you hide a section, the robot can't see that. So you have to unhide it. So we have a command, for instance, that goes expand all. And we usually put that in almost on most pages just to make sure that everything is visible to the robot. Now, that expand all command can, can break between versions because in this case, Microsoft will change maybe the way that it's working. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm LFH IQ. 70% of the ERP implementation time is spent in testing the functionality. In fact, some people might argue that most of the manual data entry with ERP can be automated, but it's easier said than done because of the rigidness of the ERP data. Even the manual testing could be extremely challenging. Also, the testers who might not have as much background might not understand why it's so hard to design the test cases for ERP systems. With ERPs, you not only need to know how to write good test cases, you also need to know the ERP functionality deeply. In today's episode, our guest, Thomas Kleima, shares his insights into the automated testing for ERP. He also shares his insights into the differences between the testing strategies in the pre-implementation phase as well as post-implementation. Finally, we discussed why automated testing for ERP is uniquely challenging than other technical systems and why it's hard for software testers to learn how to test ERP systems. Let me introduce Thomas to you. Thomas Kleima is co-founder and CEO of the TestMart and has over 20 years of experience in information technology with extensive knowledge of large-scale ERP implementations and the challenges inherent in such complex deployments. Thomas has held a number of senior positions across several large software integrators such as Fujitsu, Datacom, and DXC technology prior to co-founding the TestMart and is focused on helping SaaS ERP customers navigate the world of continuous release management. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hey, Thomas, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, and I am super excited to have you as well, because the kind of background that you bring into the ERP community, it's very hard to find. Automated test strategy is something you are not going to hear in the ERP community. So we are going to have a lot of fun discussing that. 
before we do that, do you want to start with your uh, personal story and, and your current focus? Thomas, just to give uh, listeners a little background about you. Yeah, look, uh, I guess um, a little bit about me. I've sort of uh, been in, been involved, I guess, and in, I started off actually when I was I was a, um, just out of university as implementing ERP systems. I think BPICS was my first uh, job and implementation and I've uh, done that for about 20 years now. Um, probably about three or four years ago, I really started to get into testing side of it. Um, yeah. I've come from a sales background, effectively, but one of the um, one of the roles I had with a couple of my previous employers was as an account director for sort of larger um, business businesses. And and what I came across time and time again was these companies are going from this on-premise concept into the cloud. It's just a whole new world for them, and they really struggled with that um, yeah. continuous update issue. Um, because previously, you know, they, they could update, they could control when they update, whereas now you don't get to control that. Um, and for some vendors, you know, they will force you to update if you're a certain amount of behind, yeah. which is, you know, it can be quite serious. Yeah, so very interesting. So we are going to peel a lot of layers there in that conversation. Uh, you know, obviously, <laughs> we are going to dig very deep into that. But before we do that, we have one of these standard questions that we ask every single guest. And Thomas, that is going to be your perspective on business growth. Yeah, well, look, actually, and I guess um, from my side of things, um, one of the things that we try to do with automation testing is actually remove a lot of the effort that's involved in people's businesses. So so what we actually see often is people are manually testing now, and that actually it doesn't promote growth it actually stagnates it obviously so you're actually finding the however many times sometimes it's two to four times a year that they're having to do updates they're literally pulling people out of the business typing a whole lot of stuff in to make sure it's going to work before they press that big green button to go live which is not actually you know it doesn't actually help businesses they want to focus on their business they want to get it to you know keep doing what they're doing um yep. so yeah I, 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 I um i guess in terms of that growth you know there's a number of ways to do it but the best way is actually keep working on the business um and not uh, uh having to sort of uh, uh fix a whole lot of things or make sure things are still working from an it perspective okay so very interesting perspective there and that is probably going to be um, you know a little new for our listeners which is going to be primarily the cfos and the ceos right for them understanding how this whole testing process works it's slightly mm. more difficult just because they might not have as much software development background. In my case, personally, obviously, I have been on on both sides, Uh, you know, ERP, a lot of software development as well. So I sort of understand both worlds. But when I compare, let's say if you are doing just the product development versus when you are going to be doing the ERP implementation, it's very, very, very different, okay? In the case of ERP, even when you are going to be writing just the test cases, it becomes very hard when I am talking to my team members, uh, you know, even for them, if I am going to be asking, okay, write the test cases, just to write one test case, you are going to have so much data that you are going to be needing that it's very hard to sort of capture that in one cell or multiple cells or, you know, just the way you would do the software development. So overall, when you compare, let's say the the testing uh, in the software development world versus the ERP world, do you have any sort of framework that you typically talk about how things can be managed easily 
in the ERP world. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, it is very different, as you say. I mean, end of the day, um, software software developers are, are uh, often testing at code level. Um, yeah. They're uh, and they're different tools. So we we're obviously into that regression testing. So it's t- testing those business processes. So um, what we sort of said to our customers. Uh, and because we focus on the ERP um, side of it, it's, it's about understanding what are your core processes, you know, that order to cash or procurement to pay or whatever they are. How do you capture them within your business? Because they will be different and they do use different data. Uh, yeah. And, there are, you know, we have tools that can help with that. So recording tools, for instance, that allow us to um, record keystrokes and data input and also video. So with the combination of those, we can convert a lot easier because, you know, the thing with robotic process automation or, or robotic type tools like 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 ours, um, they do exactly what you tell them. And if you tell them to do something, um, press a button and, and they press it and, you, and it wasn't supposed to, they don't know about that. They, you, you need to, you need to know exactly what they're doing. So yeah, you have to get your processes right, and then you have to make sure that the actual robot is um, following that process, because um, they can quite easily do something wrong that that you hadn't intended. Does that make sense? It does. It does, to be honest. And you need to, uh, you know, convince me a little bit more there. And maybe I don't know if you are going to have some sort of scenarios, use cases, or a story that can really yeah. paint the picture for our listeners. But this has been my personal challenge as well. When I look at the testing in the ERP world, it has a lot of different ad hoc processes. Okay, so one yeah. test case yeah. is never the same the next time that you are going to be testing. And that's where, you know, we all struggle in sort of creating the model around the test cases for ERP. If you look at the software development, you know, world, let's say if you are testing just one screen, it's just easy, easy. You are testing one field, you are looking at, okay, uh, you know, how the field is behaving and, you know, you are doing that. But in the case of ERP, you are probably moving through at least 20 different screens. And yeah. sometimes the expected output may not be how you were expecting. So yeah. I don't know, Amici, do you want to describe a little bit more? And that's probably the reason why, uh, you know, companies don't really use automated testing uh, in the case of ERP, it's very rare to find that. Yeah, um, and it's actually one of the biggest challenges that you will find in ERP. Um, and, and there aren't a lot of tools, you're quite right, that actually focus on that, that are focused on the ERP side because of that. And so one of the biggest challenges that we actually see is that you need actually, if you're looking at automating, you need yeah. to hire someone that is not just an automation expert and maybe knows a little bit about automation and development. They also need to know about ERP. So we've got um, you know about twenty odd testers that we have in, uh, um, we have working with us. And the first thing we do when we bring on a new tester is we have to we have to train them in the ERP side. So the the challenge is is that you need a subject matter expert yeah. to um, basically bring their knowledge, but have a automation person turn that into an automated process so you've actually sort of got two sides of that coin so and that is there isn't therein is the challenge right because most automation people don't necessarily know sap or uh, dynamics or um oracle they there's you know people can learn for years to become consultants in those tools so they're actually um hard to find and actually getting a combination of both an automation and a ERP expert is almost impossible unless you're getting a, a full-on consultant to be a tester, which, you know, let's face it, uh, nobody wants to to pay that those sorts of dollars for testing. So, yeah, we, we've actually 
built libraries of tests now and we focus on certain ERPs. Um, so we've, we're building out libraries of tests that give you, you know, templates to start from. So we can actually recommend tests and we can configure tests much quicker because we're already starting from, you know, 80% and then we just need to configure that data. But even to do that has taken, you know, a year, a couple of years to build up those libraries. So, yeah, I don't know if that, that helps, but um, it is a challenge. You, you've got business knowledge, but you also need automation knowledge and actually combining those two is not always easy. So very interesting layer there, to be honest, and I'm going to dig a little deeper there, okay? So when you talk about templates, and I have personally seen a lot of different templates, and in the case of ERP, it always becomes very challenging. I'll give you a, an example of a template. For example, let's say any of the ERP vendors you go for, whether you are talking about SAP, Microsoft, Oracle, they all are going to have some sort of business process template that this is how my software works. But we all know from the implementation perspective, when we look at those templates, they are not going to be relevant for our business because our process is going to vary so much. And we are yes. probably going to have thousand different ways inside the ERP to accomplish the same task. So let's say if you are going to provide me the template and I need to test my very specific business process and very unique business process. So I don't know if you're going to have any sort of example that you might be able to provide, you know, why template would work in this case of testing. And how do templates look, let's say, if I don't have any understanding of the testing world and I'm trying to visualize, okay, how are these, <laughs> you know, templates going to look from the testing perspective? Do you want to paint a little picture there for me? Yeah, so you're quite right. Templates actually don't work if, uh, if that's all that they are. So the way that we build our templates actually is we break them down into, think of them as like uh, building blocks. Yeah. So if you've got a process, let's say it's procurement and you're, okay. um, you're doing a purchase order. So a purchase order will be very different from one company to another. Well, actually, it's not that different. The parts that will be different are maybe the workflow. So it might be, okay, I've put my purchase order in, and if I'm putting it into, um, say, Dynamics Finance yeah. Operations, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll put in, you know, the purchase order number, I'll put a few things in. But at some point, maybe this company has a workflow. So they need, right. hey, anything over $1,000 needs to go through an authorization process. Another company might not have that, but right. so they'll have parts thereof. Now, what we do is we actually, all of our tests are broken into sometimes hundreds of smaller components. Yeah. So you can add or take away components to create that test. So the template's a starting point, but then you can build or, or, or um, change it. And that's probably, but we're trying to, I mean, more and more people, as you know, are uh, trying to implement from standard. Because that was always the challenge, I think, you know, 10 or more years ago, um, the way that people would implement, they'd take a, a product um, off the shelf and then just change it massively, uh, even though with all good intentions, it was to try and put it in as standard. Yeah. Nowadays, especially with software as a service, we are finding a lot. I mean, yes, you'll see, oh, well, this uh, they've got a, a field that's unique to them that they like to put into that particular process, or but they won't change it hugely. Um, obviously, manufacturing processes will different will differ um, yeah. depending on what they're manufacturing, and that's industry, can be industry specific as well. Yeah, you know, steel is obviously going to be very different than. Um, and we've got a, um, a honey production um, company. You know, they they literally go in and collect the hives and put yeah. it into big vats and heat it up and put it into you know other things. So there's a massively 
complex process there yep. for some, whereas others aren't. And you're always going to get that. But I think you you try to get that 80-20 rule, right? Um, it really does depend on how complex the business is. But, you know, um, you can configure tests these days, uh, well, certainly with our tool, um, rather than starting from scratch, which was that traditional method was, hey, let's find that business process. Now let's program it in. Um, we're trying to say, well, let's see that business process. Actually, we've already got 80% of that. Yeah. Let's just add the other 20%. Yeah, could not agree more. I think, you know, we can all figure out reusable building block overall, uh, you know, in any of the configuration or the development that we might be doing. Uh, and I completely agree with your point that, you know, the customization is probably not going to be as common in the software as a service world, just because people are sort of realizing that over customizing does not help anybody. So people are becoming yeah. slightly, slightly more educated, informed, uh, you know, in terms of the way they are approaching the ERP implementation. But I'll tell you some perspective, you know, overall, uh, when I compare, let's say, if I compare just the process of manual testing. Uh, you know, of different consultants, the way they approach. And we all know that, you know, some consultants are going to be extremely good at testing. Uh, you know, their approach is going to be very different than a consultant who's joining for the first time. Maybe they have done software development for a few years and they are joining the ERP world and they just sort of don't know how to test in the world of ERP because ERP world is right. very different. So I'll tell you a couple of stories. So from my perspective, I was working with a team that I could, clearly sense that this, this particular team didn't have really any sort of ERP experience. For them, they all felt that, you know what, any software is the same, okay? Whether you talk about ERP or some sort of, you know, technical software, how hard could it be if I have tested a technical software, I'll be able to test my ERP as well. So they came to me and they asked for a template. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how to provide a template because that's what consultants do for 10, 15, 20 years to be able to understand yeah. So I don't know if there is going to be a specific template that I can tell you that, okay, these are different sales orders or these are different scenarios that you should be testing. For them, if I looked at their scenarios, they were very sort of at the surface level. So they had done, you know what, create five sales orders. And then I'm asking, okay, what are the variations in those sales orders? You know, what are you trying to test? Are you trying to test the core ERP functionality or are you trying to test something that is very unique to your business process? You, the only thing you are going to be worried about when you are approaching the ERP testing is going to be anything that is related to your business process. If you are going to be testing the core ERP functionality, you are probably going to be wasting a lot of time. Now, I will tell you one more story of my other, you know, consultant, and they were trying to test this lot number and serial number functionality, okay, of the ERP. And I asked them, okay, what all have you tested? And the only thing they had is, you know what, they had created two jobs, one related to serial number and one related to lot number. And they said, you know what, I looked at my job variance report and, you know, uh, the variance is fine. There is no variance as such in the job. And my assumption is going to be that costing is working fine. But then if you actually peel back and you know this, Thomas, you, you do this for a living, right? <laughs> that, you know, just because your variance report is correct, it does not mean that uh, you know, your lot number or serial number is working. You need to go deeper. You need to identify, okay, which lots are used for which production and what is the cost of that? So it goes really, really deep. So how mm -hmm. do you model this when it becomes so hard, even in the case of manual testing? Yeah, look, and, and, and it's all, I mean, every business understands their own business the best, right? I mean, we're, we're testers. We've, we've tested a lot of different industries, but it, 
I don't think you could ever go into one business and say, hey, we know your business and, um, you know, we, we can tell you that, you know, if you do this, this and this, you're going to cover everything. I, I think the first thing you've got to do is understand what is the most important to you. You know, if you're a logistics company, you know, you need to create some tests around that logistics flow, right? If you're a, um, if you're a, a finance business or a manufacturing, you'll have different needs. So you have to rely on the customer to tell you what is important and then you work from there. I think identify those core business processes and as you've just sort of talked about, you know, if you're looking at that sort of warehousing process, okay, what are you expecting to find? If I put this in, what am I going to get out? And what, and if I don't get that out, what, you know, that's when I want to be um, alerted that there's something not quite right. You know, is it pricing? Pricing is quite a complicated area, as you know, um, you know, when you talk about discounts and so forth, but the, you know, you can run scenarios that will say, hey, I want to put this in to this customer who has this pricing discount, and I'm expecting to see um, this amount for this product once that happens, you know, and you run that test and you run it through. So we try to break our tests up into into what we call plans. Yeah. So each plan will basically detail a, a process. So those core processes are really mapping your business flow. So, and you can go as deep as you want to. I mean, I guess it really comes down to risk as well. You know, at what risk is there? And pricing can be a, actually a, a bigger risk than people, people understand. If you've, for instance, put the wrong discounts in yeah. and uh, you're not testing to see that actually that product's now, you know, maybe it's only 10 cents um, cheaper than what it should be. Um, but over, a, you know, a month or two and selling that to, you know, a thousand customers, that could lose you quite a bit of money. And even if you try to get that back, well, there's quite a lot of cost. And, you know, so so it's understanding what your risks are. You know, what's the what happens if this does fail? Um, yeah. and identifying those areas because, hey, you can test for everything if you want to, but, you know, once again, that, that can be very costly. You really want to just identify those core business tasks and business flows and risks that come out of those and say, I'm covered for those. It's a bit like insurance, you know? Yeah, so could not agree more, uh, I guess. You know, you definitely need to find your uh, core processes where you are probably doing any sort of configuration or making any sort of changes. Uh, from the core ERP, and that's where your testing effort should be. So I need to understand a little bit more about how your data setup works. So let's say if I am trying this tool for the first time, and typically from my experience, when I am going to be testing, even if I'm testing with the same sort of product, but when I go from environment one to environment two, if I'm not going to have one data point, my manual testing fails. In the case of ERP, typically you don't have as many data dependencies uh, in the traditional software development world, and that's what makes the ERP testing very complicated. So in your case, when you, let's say, approach this automated framework, when you are going from environment one to environment two, are you literally automating everything from your company setup to your GL setup, then product setup, then customer setup, then transaction? So do you want to describe a little bit? <laughs> you know, what yep. are going to be your assumptions when you are moving, let's say, from environment one to environment two, and what are going to be prerequisites uh, of the test? Yeah, and, and I wonder if uh, what you're talking about there, um, Sam, is that, you know, that, those are quite detailed tests. If you're, if you're, hey, I just want to test that I can set up my account, that would almost be part of an implementation, right? And yeah. there is a very big difference between testing and an implementation from an implementation point of view for go live to after 
go live where okay. you're actually more talking about um, testing the, those those core processes that we talked about. Whereas implementation, you are talking about, hey, how do I set up an account? How do I? You may never want to test that again once you go live. Do you know what I mean? That there'll be some things that you go, well, actually, you know, I know I can set up an account. I know I can set up a customer. They're all working the way I expect it now. Once I've gone live, I actually want to. Maybe I want to um, set up a customer so I can sell to it because it's part of my process. But I don't need to do some of those smaller. Um, testing task that I would in an implementation. Is that, is that make, am I making sense there? It kind of does. And I'm going to rephrase my understanding because honestly speaking, I am trying to understand this as well because I'm not too sure if I understand how the automated testing would work in the mm. case of your ERP. So here yeah. I completely agree with you that, okay, if your ERP is going to be set up, uh, you know, after set up the testing strategy, is going to be completely different than you are going to be in the implementation phase. Now, when you look at, let's say the post implementation phase, okay? So obviously you are not allowed to create any sort of data in the production system. So I don't know how you are going to be doing the testing in the post implementation phase. Do you keep some sort of sample data even in the production database to be able to test those yeah. scenarios? Or yeah, oh, we... we... We never test against production. As you can imagine, you are yeah. creating transactions in a production system, um, so you, you wouldn't recommend it. I mean, unless you're using it more from a robotic process where you're actually trying to, I don't know, set up customers or set up something using a... So that wouldn't be testing. That would um, be intentionally creating transactions. So what we always, you know, um, and this is probably part of a, a standard implementation and upgrade, you know, you'll find that let's let's go through a scenario that um, Microsoft have just put out a new update. Yeah. Um, they've gone to I think we're on at the moment uh, 28 for finance and operations. So the customer's gone right. We want to go to 28. Our production server's on 26. Okay. Okay. But we want to upgrade to 28. So the first thing you would do is you would take production data, you'd refresh it down to the latest 28 UAT in UAT or in your pre-prod server. And yeah. then you'd start running. So you'd then start running your tests on what would effectively be the same setup as you have in production. But everything you're running, obviously, it is creating, you know, if you're going to create a customer on that box, it is going to create a customer. You, know, you don't obviously don't want to do that in production. So you want to have as close to production as you can, and the data should be in setup and configuration should be as close as possible. Um, and that's and that's also that's also pretty much how things will work in an implementation. You know, your your whenever you want to update to a latest version, because you're you're working towards a date. So let's say our date is December, we want to go live. Well, you may upgrade a two or three versions before you get there. And you, you, you know, and obviously another challenge is, right, I've got, we're going live on December. Well, I might be a couple of versions behind what is actually, in, um, you know, um, the vendor's latest version. Now I've seen, for instance, people go live and literally the next month they have to do an upgrade because there may be four versions behind. And in Microsoft's case, you can't be more than four behind or they force you to upgrade. So, you know, there's, there's those sorts of challenges and, and planning that goes into an implementation. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, automation, if you can get it in place during the, the implementation stage, you will be in a much better place. Even if you can get 60 or 70% of your sort of testing needs done, you I believe you can actually speed up the implementation, but I think also you'll just find that, um, yeah, you know, because people just don't want to be pulled out of the business two or three times a year 
to go and sit in a dark room for a, a week or so to make sure that it's, a system is not going to fail when they press the update button. Is that, does, does that answer your question, Sam? Yeah, it kind of does. So I'm actually going to rephrase my understanding because I am actually learning along, to be honest. Okay, so I I have no It's clue. a very complicated <laughs> theory. Obviously, so in this particular case, you mentioned that, you know what, you are going to get all of that production data. You are going to put it in the UAT and you are going to be running your task cases mm. against that UAT yeah. database. Okay, so now yeah. let's say if I system think, integrator would do that, we wouldn't do that, but we would expect the system that our tests are running against to be updated um, like that. Right, exactly. So let's say if I get the cut that I have from the production, I put it in my UAT. Now UAT is going to have some sort of snapshot and I have these scripts that I am trying to run against your UAT database. Now those okay. scripts are going to assume a specific state of the system because they all are going to have dependencies in terms of the data. So let's say if you have tested these scripts on a very old version of either system or the database, in this particular case, you are going to have a lot of data dependencies. The challenge yes. with ERP is the data dependencies yes. that you have because the periods are very different. The way your you know periods get closed is, is very different as well. You know, it's not like software development where you have the feature, the feature always remains the same. So you don't have as many challenges. So let's say if you had created these scripts for your version one, but now that version has advanced. So this is completely different version. So now do you sort of modify the script first before you can test against UAT? <laughs> do you see yeah, what I'm doing with yeah. that? Oh, I, my, I know exactly what you're saying, <laughs> Sam. And it's a very good question. So one of the things that we do, and I think we're one of, uh, I'm, I don't, I'm not aware of anyone else that does this. We So we, as I said, we've got, hundreds of test templates and within okay. those test templates we have components that make them up but we also have smart commands um, that 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 um, basically we built into our test that for instance if I want to do a filter I don't need to program that filter I can just say filter using this command so my point there is we test our tests on a daily base, basis on on the version that's at us. And we're on, uh, in Microsoft's case, because we've probably built most of our tests for now on uh, Dynamics Finance and Operations. And we've built up our tests and we run them daily. And when Mike, we're on the early adopters program, so as soon as they get the latest version, we upgrade our server. We run the test before we upgrade the server and then we, up, uh, then we run it against the new server and we see what fails. And we fix all of that. So those components are being used by all of the customers. When they upgrade to that new version, all of those components will be working. Um, so because we've checked them. And there's there's examples like, and, and this, uh, this is probably a really boring example, but when you're doing automation testing, uh, if, you hide a, if you hide a section, um, yeah. the robot can't see that. So you have to unhide it. So we have a command, for instance, that goes uh, expand all. And we usually put that in almost on most pages just to make sure that everything is visible to the robot. Now, that expand all command can, can break between versions because in this case, Microsoft will change maybe the way that it's working. So it, as long as you're running this test against the right version, it will work because we've upgraded that. Now, that's the that's the. Does it, I don't. I'm not sure if that makes sense. But you've basically got this moving feast. So if I ran that same test against a you know a box that was four versions behind, it would it would not work because uh, a lot of those components 
have been updated to work for this version. So, but that's what a person would have, that's what a company would have to do on their own. So we're doing that part for them. So we're, we're yeah. keeping those tests up to date and all of the components and all of the commands, we keep them up to date per version so that that part is going to work. And if it doesn't work, then we fix it. So we do a sort of an, so, so that's that side. And then there's a data side that you talked about, which is also a very interesting point because you're quite right. If I use a customer, let's say I yeah. use a customer uh, in my test, um, and I've hard-coded that customer, and I go and, hey, we do a refresh, and maybe for whatever reason that customer has been deleted, or maybe they've, um, you know, something's changed about that customer, so it won't work with this particular test. So what we try to do is actually create test, robust test processes. So as an example there, you would create a new customer every time you run this test process. So you know that that customer, and then you carry that variable of that customer to, and say, right, now I want to sell to that customer. Now I want to invoice that customer. But you know it's there because as part of the test, you created it. So that's that's uh, that's creating a, a robust test process that, that won't fail because most of what you're doing is using variables and where you're having to hard code things, yeah, that's where you need to be careful. Does that, does that, is there any questions on that? Same? It does. It does. So I am actually going to reiterate my understanding as well. And that was my understanding too, that you must be creating the whole data. Uh, but that creation of data, Some when you of talk it, yeah. about, you know, when you talk about just the customer and customer's transaction, vendor, vendor's transactions, uh, you know, it might not be as difficult, but typically you are going to be testing a lot. So I think you mentioned that, you know, you are probably covering only 60 to 70%. So, uh, you know, you still have to do a lot of manual tests. Uh, the manual test is still going to be required because the, the real testing of ERP is going to be in do those deep layers of costing, uh, you know, that you need to test. Otherwise, you cannot confidently say that, you know what, I have done this automated testing and now, you know, this goes to production because, you know, typically in our experience, these simple scenarios are, sure, when you move from version to version, sure, there could be issues in those scenarios mm. as well. But the real issues, that you are going to face are going to be in those deep costing layers, deep pricing layers. That's where the real complexity is. So I don't know if you are able to automate that. Now, the other point I would like to mention mm. is the, the technical aspect that you mentioned. So when you are doing these version up, uplifts, I can clearly see where you are going with that. But my confusion in that is going to be, so let's say if your assumption is going to be, I'm moving from my company one, to my company too. And my assumption is going to be if Microsoft releases an update and they have created this field at this particular place, but in the version two, that place has changed. So you are sort of making the assumption that if the place has changed, then I'm going, going to be testing this. So when I'm moving from customer one to customer two, uh, you know, I am going to be utilizing some sort of template to be able to test that. But even within the company, okay, even within the company with ERP systems, what happens is I, as the user, may have completely different screen. Okay, I don't know if you're yep. seeing that in your customer base or not. In my case, yep. even if you, they are both are going to be on the same version, they both yep. can customize their screen because some ERP systems are very highly customizable. They offer that user level customization. So I don't know how you manage this challenge when you are going to be <laughs> testing from your user one to user two, because the screen for user one is going to be very different from your user two. So how do you manage this problem? Yeah, and once again, it comes down to what you're testing. Yeah. So, what, so the way that we run our tests is you basically pick a user. 
So yeah. we actually, our robot is the user. So you have yeah. to set that user up. So that user will obviously have its own profile and so forth. So we know what that, uh, that user is going to look like. Now, if you want to test, so if you are trying to test um, um, the different um, user setups, that would yeah. probably not be a good use of automation testing anyway. But uh, let's just say for now that what 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 you do is you right you set up a user in the system. Now it might have a certain profile, but it, the robot knows exactly where those fields are. Now if those fields change, by the way, be, because of the way that we do our tools, it will find it. It doesn't need to know exactly where it is on the page. So it uses an AI component which is actually searching for the name of that field and it's searching for it all through the page. So if it moves from here to here. Uh, even if it maybe changes slightly, it, it is a very high likelihood it will still find it and then it will record it in the customer's unique um, element repository. So we actually have two repositories. We have one for yeah. standard, which is ours. So every time we run our tests, it updates the repository. If it, uh, for the customer, when they run that test, it'll look in our repository first and then it will look in, uh, if it doesn't find it, and it find, it'll record it in there. So the any changes are always with the customer's unique repository. So you've actually, you know, we're trying to keep update the standard, but yep. every customer, as you point out, is different. And that's where we hold that data. So you've got these two working together. So, hey, I'm going to look in the standard. Oh, I can't find it. I better look in the unique or in the customer's one. And, they, and then they've found that there. So that's the robot working in the background in milliseconds um, going through. So, so uh, does that, answer your question it does it does a little fact, bit I mean, it's easier with diagrams sam it's i know much i know i know i know i know but the conversation <laughs> is fun right this is where we have fun <laughs> i need, so, I need okay. to describe on a um you know minority to report type of uh situation obviously and with the erp everything is going to be complex so this is the fun part right because now we need to explain ourselves uh you know on the show so now you know, mm -hmm. when you are talking about these technologies, obviously, uh, you know, some of these technologies, especially if you talk about RPA, they have come a long way in the kind of things mm -hmm. that you can do. You are saying that, you know what, even if your screen layout changes, you know, now RPA can detect that. So obviously in the yeah. market, there are many different technologies available for automated testing. So have you seen any specific challenges? Let's say if I use technology one versus technology two, and, you know, even with the technology that you like, have you seen any specific challenges that you typically encounter, that is probably not going to be a good candidate for automated testing. Yeah, well, I, I, and this is sort of what led us to create the tool that we've got, which is most, if not all, of the technologies that are out there today are really testing development tools. So they're tools that you can, you know, uh, as a as a reasonably technical person, yeah. you can learn to use and develop tests as a from a development perspective. What it's quite exciting, I think, about what we're doing is um, we've got libraries, as I said about these libraries of tests, but what that actually allows us to do, it allows us to train our robot better yeah. um, because we're running these tests all the time. The robot's getting better and better at learning how to find things. Next step, we can also go, hey, now that we've built this library of tests by category, we can actually start to run, and we're doing this, uh, this is on our roadmap, um, we're able to, to, A, look at what are the changes between versions. Okay, we just ran it on this version, we just upgraded, what broke? Well, we can tell the customer in a report, hey, these are the things you should be looking for, you know, 
companies like Microsoft and SAP, they will put their own reports out. As you know, I, I don't know if you've ever looked at the Microsoft one, but it's it's hundreds of pages of details and really half of it's not relevant depending on who the customer is. So being able to say, well, actually, your system uses this. Here's what broke when we upgraded. You should be aware of that and maybe take a little bit of extra care in these areas. The third one there is... Um, we're looking at being able to recommend tests. So the more customers that we've got on board, the more yeah. tests that we're running. Well, right, for finance, these are the types of tests that people are using. For manufacturing, these are the types. For logistics, the, so we could actually, we'll be looking to run um, almost a scanning and say, right, we've just looked at which modules you've got installed. Here's the test that we, you know, are most used or that we recommend that you put in as standard. You know, you'll still want to put your own tests yeah. and flavor. But you can't do that in the market at the moment because they're not, you know, they, they, they haven't, uh, I mean, there's a few tools maybe in, I think, um, um, uh, SAP may have something there that, that they've sort of got an understanding of the elements and the fields, yeah. but not necessarily of the tests at the test level or the process level. So being able to re recommend a procure-to-pay process for a customer and say, well, and you, you know, these are the steps in there. That's a that's a next level thing, I think. You know, the idea eventually will be, hey, run a button, push a button, uh, run the, uh, uh, um, a, a check, recommend tests, run those tests. Yes, you're good to go. You can upgrade. That, that's where we want to get to eventually, right? The the yeah. hey, um, yeah, because let's face it, people just want to be able to upgrade. It's a bit like our phones, right? You know, yeah. you get a new version, you press the button, you don't expect it to explode. Um, although sometimes it might, and you're back on, you're on, but that's not the way businesses work, right? It's actually, you know, the bigger the business, the more the risk, the more challenge there is in, in making sure that things are working because you've got multiple systems, not just the ERP, you've got the e-commerce, you've got the CRM, you yeah, might I even know. have an ex external warehousing system, and each one of those has their own upgrade process, and each time that can be, you know, so... It's, it's a, it is a difficult world out there. And, um, you know, if we can just focus on a few of those things, that might make it a little bit easier for business. It's a nightmare and could not agree more, to be honest, uh, you know, with what you mentioned there. And it's, it's, it's really a painful process when you are going to be managing the version of LIPS or of different systems. So whatever you can get overall from the automated perspective, obviously, that's going to be super beneficial. On that note, that's it for today. Do you have any last-minute closing thoughts or remarks for our listeners? Yeah, look, I, I think um, I think starting small and not trying to you know to to, to take a big bite is yep. is the best way to go. You know, if you're going to go down that automation path, you know, focus on a few core business processes, get them up and running. You know, and you might just say, oh, actually, we've just taken a lot of effort away from this business sector because they don't need to worry about that anymore. Okay, now let's move to the next one. And, and it is a, maybe a gradual approach. I mean, certainly it's okay to do a big project. And, and I would also recommend doing it at the implementation stage. Don't yeah. leave it till you've gone live because you've actually done a lot of the work during implementation. Um, and then you're just going to have to do it all again if you decide to automate afterwards. So you might as well start to, to use a lot of that knowledge that you're building up during that stage. So they, they would be my um, main takeaways, Sam. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed talking to you, and uh, I hope hope it wasn't too uh, complicated a, a discussion, but I've seen your show, so I know it gets pretty complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it gets fairly complicated. That's what, who we are, to be honest, overall from the show perspective. We want to bring the real intel, and you have done a wonderful job overall in terms of bringing that intel 
And I completely agree. And my personal takeaway from this conversation is going to be the amount of testing and amount of investment that you have to do for testing when you are either doing ERP implementation or doing version uplift. You can reduce that by utilizing automated testing. So at least take a look at what is available out there. On that note, uh, Thomas, I want to thank you for your time. This has been a powerful episode. Thanks, Sam. Really appreciate it. Of course. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Thomas or interested in automating your ERP testing processes, head over to thetestmart.com. It's T-H-E-T-E-S-T-M-A-R-T.com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Ingo Hagaman, who shares his insights into the integration challenges of ERP and e-commerce software. Also, the interview with Colin Cronin, who shares his insights into the evolution of B2B digital commerce capabilities for a global medical device manufacturer. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.